You are listening to the Big Finish Podcast. How do you like them apples? Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and that's a fact. Big Finish! Need I say more? We are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audio books. We're licensed by the BBC to make Doctor Who and Torchwood and we also make Blake 7, Dark Shadows, Pathfinder Legends, The Avengers, Survivors, The Omega Factor, Why Didn't I Take a Bigger Breath? <gasps> the Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Sherlock Holmes, The Prisoner, Night of the Triffids, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, Treasure Island, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Phantom of the Opera, Terror Hawks, The Sigmund Freud Files, The Martian Chronicles, The Scarifiers, and more spin-off Doctor Who ranges than you could comfortably shake a sonic screwdriver at. Take a look at bigfinish.com and see for yourself. What can you expect from this podcast? In this order, news, emails from listeners, our guest star interview with... Um, well, who is it going to be? Actually, it's going to be uh, a behind-the-scenes interview with Tom Saunders, our video guy. And we also have a special feature with Blair Mowat, who has composed a new version of the Doctor Who theme for the Bernice Summerfield Doctor Who Unbound crossover adventure thingy. Did you not know about that? I'll tell you more later. There'll also be a random release selected from the Big Finish archive. Then the latest releases... Following that, because listeners suggested it, our free drama is a serialisation of the first episode of the BBC Audio Award-winning Eighth Doctor adventure, Dark Eyes. It's entitled The Great War, and you suggested we feature it because it is, of course, 100 years since the devastating Battle of the Somme in World War I. Before all that, an apology. I mentioned in passing in the last podcast, which was released on July the 4th, that it was Independence Day in the United States of America. I don't mean the film with Jeff Goldblum and loads of aliens. I mean America's Independence Day when they finally declared themselves no longer part of the British Empire. And that's as close to politics as we get in this podcast. However, it was pointed out to me on Twitter that I'd entirely missed mentioning Canada Day and then humiliatingly enough i had to confess that i didn't even know there was a canada day shame on me you see canada day is the national day of canada no surprises there a federal statutory holiday celebrating the anniversary of the july the 1st 1867 enactment of the british north america act 1867 which united three colonies into a single country called canada within the british empire Originally called Dominion Day, the holiday was renamed in 1982, the year the Canada Act was passed. Uh, I've got no details of that. Uh, Canada Day observances take place throughout Canada as well as among Canadians internationally. And will they ever forgive me? I hope so. I've been to Canada, actually. I went, oh, I've been once. It was lovely. I went to Halifax, Nova Scotia for an event and not to take anything uh, from all the great times and lovely people at all the other events I've been to over the years. I really did have the best time. The hospitality was the, the best I've ever experienced. I was, I was really looked after. I loved it. Anyway... Uh, time now for the news. Joe Smith and I have been uh, what I would like to delicately call geographically dislocated for the last few weeks, <laughs> which is why uh, he hasn't been bringing his inimitable style to the Big Finish news and podcast in general. Although he has been writing the news for me, he's been writing me a, a crib sheet to read from. So many thanks for that, Joe. Brilliant work. But for those of you who've been missing his unique style of stumbling over his words and slightly mispronouncing everything, I thought it was time we heard from Joe again. You see, there's a digital recorder in the production office. So Joe very kindly recorded the news for us, then provided it to me on a wax cylinder. Well, that's what it sounds like anyway. Cue Joe! Hi, I'm Joe Smith, and this is this week's Big Finish News. Just revealed on the Big Finish website, Doctor Who Doom Coalition 3. This is the third box set in our latest Eighth Doctor saga, which once again stars Paul McGann as the Eighth Doctor, Nicola Walker as Liv Chanker, Hattie Morahan, 
as Helen Sinclair and Alex Kingston as River Song, who is back to aid her future husband after they defeated the Eleven in Doom Coalition 2. The Doomsday Chronometer is counting down, and if our heroes can't find all eight of its pieces, they may never be able to uncover the truth behind the Doom Coalition. It's a race against time through the fourth dimension, with the TARDIS travelling to England in 1998, 15th century Prague, modern day Rome, and the court of King Henry VIII. Written by John Dorney and Matt Fitton, this fantastic new box set will be released in October, and is available to pre-order now, with lots more details available on the Big Finish website. Some lovely new covers have been revealed on the Big Finish website, including the brand new vinyl edition of Doctor Who Spare Parts. Specially designed by artistic superstar Tom Webster, this new cover brings Mark Platt's classic Cybermen story to life like never before. You can pre-order the new vinyl today, ahead of its release in April 2017. A vinyl edition of The Chimes of Midnight by Robert Shearman is also available to order now, due for release in October. There's also a new cover and trailer for Paul Darrow's You're Him, Aren't You? An audiobook version of Paul's 2006 autobiography, presented over nine discs and with an exclusive extra chapter. Here's a clip. Blake's Seven took four years of my life. I've been an actor for 40 years. How can it be that something that constitutes but 10% of my working life has had such an influence upon my life as a whole? On TV, I have performed in many different programs, series such as Emergency Ward 10, Dombey and Son, Murder Must Advertise, Doctor Who, Making News, and The Legend of Robin Hood. In the theatre, I've played such as Cassius in Julius Caesar, the title roles in Luther and Macbeth, Elvis Presley, and many other parts that I sometimes struggle to remember. But I walk down the street or am shopping in a supermarket, and rarely does a day go by, this is quite true, that somebody doesn't say to me, you're him, aren't you? I do not complain. I don't mind being Forever Avon. That's all the news for this week, but we've also had some brilliant new recent releases, including Tortured Broken, starring John Barrowman and Gareth David Lloyd together at last, and the new countermeasures, Who Killed Toby Kinsella, in which Toby Kinsella is killed. Interestingly enough, Joe spends most of this recording complaining about how it's too hot in the production office, which I know from experience that it probably is. I'm sure it definitely is. Um, no air conditioning. Just a little note for Jason Haygeller if he's listening. When do we get air conditioning, Jason? Um, he keeps having to stop to slurp from um, a, a glass of water, most of which I've edited out, you'll be pleased to hear. And that does apply particularly to this next section. Yes, it's time for the Big Finish emails, read by Joe Smith and slightly interrupted in post-production by me. Our first email is from Colin. Colin says, First, I would like to say that I have greatly enjoyed the various Doctor Who releases Big Finish has produced over the years and look forward to seeing what you can do with the future releases. I've also enjoyed the non-Doctor Who releases, such as this very nightly advertised uh, Prisoner uh, and the Avengers, <laughs> which is one of my favourite things to listen to. On the subject of the Avengers, are there any plans to do regional stories, be it with Stephen Keel or Steed and Mrs Peel, with other assistants available? Uh, there are no plans to do that because there are various licensing restrictions, but hmm, just imagine. Finally, what are the chances of making... The Bernie Summerfield Buried Treasures release available again, either for purchase on or on the podcast in SoundCloud. I seem to recall parts of it having been made available this way in the past. Thank you very much for keeping me dirt poor, yet extremely entertained, Colin. Well, I can actually answer part of this one, because when Colin's email came in, I did a little bit of digging in the Big Finish archives. Oh, well done, Joe. Part Emily did, who's a lot better and more talented at these things than me. That's true. And we tried to look this up, and unfortunately at the moment... Uh, Buried Treasures is 
under the same um, download restrictions as the rest of the range, which are being sorted. We're doing our very best to see how far we can get in making some of these older Burning Summerfield adventures available. But until that happens, um, we won't be able to release it as a download. Yes, that's unfortunately true. Um, it's just a question of contacting all the people, some of whom we haven't got in contact with yet. Others we have got in contact with, but they haven't got back to us. Uh, there's that expression, you can lead a horse to water. Anyway, on to the next email, Joe. Our next email is from Mr. Wilhelm Pigsty. Whether or not that's his real name, I don't know, but I won't judge. 100 salutations to Messiahs, Nicholas Briggs, and John and Joseph Smith. I hey. almost pronounced my own name wrong then. That's hilarious. It is, Joe. possibly Ben Briggs, who may be here. I don't know. Neither do I. I would like to know if Freema Adjaman has expressed any interest in returning to Torchwood to reprise her role as Martha Jones, either in the past or in Gwen's new team. Well, we've got no news on that at the moment, but it's certainly something that uh, we'll look into. Okay, onwards, Joe. I also noticed that Tortured Outbreak is the first and so far only release in the Tortured Special Releases range, and we'd love to know if you have any more special releases planned. Well, it wouldn't be special if we Personally, told you in advance. I reckon that there's a three-episode arc in Tortured's Jackless Exploits in Tibet during the Wild Goose Chase that Prime Minister Harold Saxon sent the team on during the sound of drums. Perhaps they even encounter the great intelligence or the Yeti. What a right minefield that would be. <laughs> yes. uh, finally, what are the possibilities that there are two being two Doctors in Doom Coalition 4? I would love to see the 8th Doctor paired with the 10th or even the 12th. Hope you continue to make top-notch audio dramas for many years to come from Wilhelm. Thank you, Will. Um, yes, I, I don't think there are any plans to introduce other Doctors in Doom Coalition. Uh, availability is a big problem, of course. Okay, Joe, next one. And in terms of any more special features being releases being added to the Torture page, I think you might want to look uh, keep an eye on the website in the next few weeks for something Torture related, or possibly just Captain Jack related coming soon. So do keep a lookout. Oh yes, I, I forgot you had something extra to say about that email. Sorry, Joe. This is weird, me just talking to a recording. There's now a huge pause before the next email. I think I'll um, edit that out. Here's a lot of questions from Mr. John Jack Ryan. What a good and nice nickname that is. That's easy for you to say. First off, I'd love to say hi to the genius guest host that is Benedict Briggs, <laughs> who has made me laugh out loud with a big stupid grin on my face in the last few weeks. <laughs> While I do miss Joe, ah, I do think Ben's turn as host will be greatly remembered and hopefully be around for a while more. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> anyway, so I've got a few questions. Sounds a bit threatening. Did I hear correctly that there's to be a classic release of War of the Worlds? Or is that the rumour mill grinding again? No, there is. We are going to do it. Any details yet on the next big finish day? As thanks to the recent DWM500 event, I really want to go to a big finish day now. Um, well, no news at the moment, sorry. Are Nick's notes on the Prisoners Series 2 still happening? Ah. As I haven't seen them for a while. <coughs> sorry about that. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, and are there any plans for Paul McGann, the 8th Doctor, following uh, 2017's Time War box set? There will be. Thank you for your time, and here's to more stories. Um, I realise that, of course, we asked that question in the last podcast and it is yes there's lots more time for Paul McCann of course um, Nick you can make any excuses you want about why there hasn't been any Prisoner 2 <laughs> notes coming up yeah thanks Jim. I think we should do some soon yes you're I right may have forgotten about them so no well right. I, I should I've got some stuff to write about now my next email I've forgotten to write down who wrote it so <laughs> I'm going to go look it up on my computer yes off you go uh, so professional yeah I know off he goes there, there he's no idea I'm talking to him that's the fun part of this anyway I'll edit out the huge gap where he looks for the details oh is that a seagull in the background blimey wrong back <laughs> thank goodness Gordon Bennett right. <laughs> <coughs> thanks for that Joe um, our next email is from Mr Harry Smith oh. he says hello Nick I just wanted to write in and ask about a few quickfire questions that I'm very curious about. Okay. After the first classic Doctor's New Monsters box set, do you have any plans to use the Weeping Angels again? Hmm, just imagine. Any plans for the 11th Doctor or more 10th Doctor? I know this is asked a lot. 
It's all right. We can give the answer. We give a answer. That's all right. <laughs> well, the answer is, of course, we'd love to do uh, more with the Tenth Doctor and do some with the Eleventh Doctor. It's just a question of getting the actors, uh, you know, lined up in front of the microphone. Let's put it that way. You know, uh, very, very busy actors. Difficult to get them in. But uh, I think, you know, they're both willing to do it. It's, yeah. Fingers crossed. Onwards, Joe. Finally, are there any more plans for the War Doctor after the fourth box set? Thank you for answering my questions. I am a big fan and always will be. Oh, thank you. Um, No concrete plans. We'd love to do some more, but no news on whether uh, 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 John Hurt is a- would actually like to do them. I mean, he certainly had fun and said that he would consider it. And our final letter today is from Mr. Lawrence Hallam, who's... Here come the police. Got some beef, but in a nice way. Oh. So, it's from Lawrence. roast beef? Hello. Question one. I emailed Joe Smith about this one early in the year. Oh. And he mentioned that he was raising it. Raises? But he never came back with a definitive answer. Well, I did try and raise the question, but never mind. We'll carry on. Uh, no, nothing ever came of it. So maybe this letter will, Lawrence. The, f- the free CD that the Doctor Who main range subscribers can choose with, with each new 12-month subscription, is currently limited to our one-disc release, priced at ten ninety-nine or under. Is it possible to change the limit on this? You don't uh, really do many new one-disc releases anymore, and those that do feature an excellent money-saving subscription deals. So it'd be great to mix this up. Perhaps a few short trips, or at least just any CD that's under two nine ten ninety-nine. How about it? Hmm. Yeah, we'll look into that. Good point. Uh, second question. Now that the latest Tomorrow People TV series is a distant memory, would Big Finish ever try and go back to that license? Yes, we would try. New releases. Any chance that these could go out on a weekend? I could then download them and listen to them on the following week, which is perfect for a five-disc box set. If something's not released until the Monday, then I'm not able to listen to it until the next day. Of course, this will hopefully improve when the new Android app comes out. Joe's got an answer for that Finally, behind-the-scenes section of each release. On the website, any chances can be updated more regularly. Since it disappeared from the CD inlay, it seems to be haphazard. There's nothing at all uh, for the latest 4th Doctor series, for example. Anyway, keep up the good work. Keep offering your great bundles and subscriptions. These are just a few thoughts that might be of interest. Thanks, Lawrence. They are, yeah. Well, I can answer some of these questions after I've had some more water. <laughs> While well, we wait with bated breath. <laughs> so, in terms of new releases going out on a weekend, uh, the answer to this is no, uh, I would say. Mainly because of two reasons. One, our warehouse team doesn't work weekends. So, we always try and time it that once a release is put live on the website, um, all the orders that contain that release are immediately generated, printed off in the warehouse, and they all get round to packing straight away. You know, sometimes if it's a very big release, they'll start packing a few days early, but most of the time it ha- it's all sent out on the day itself. So really, in terms of the way our the sort of system works in there, it has to be on a weekday. Uh, the second reason is the guy that puts out all the new releases on the website is myself, and if I had to work at the weekend, I would probably go insane. But I suppose perhaps maybe some of the digital releases could go out on the weekend, but then again, those tend to be kind of smaller than the um, uh, the bigger box sets. So really, it is going to be um, on weekdays in the future. I will point out, though, that I did release the Diary of River Song Series 1 on Christmas Day as a special favour to everybody. So, you know, it's not like we... we, we I, I'm that lazy enough. I just don't want to do it every Saturday. So there you go. I say you do work very hard at weekends. And in terms of uh, behind the scenes section of each release, um, we're doing our very best to catch up with them. We've already been given some fantastic writer's notes. Uh, what we're finding at the moment, especially in the last two months of the main range, have both been written by the fabulous John Dorney, and this next one is Matt Fitton, who are always very, very busy. So often I will be emailing them several times, asking them to send me the notes over, which they do, and they're always fantastic, and they always put the effort in. But it does mean that they can come out a few weeks after the stories come out. And then the rest of the time, sometimes we like to talk about some of the secret things that happened in stories, uh, such as the Two Masters trilogy. So we do pace them out a little bit to make sure that everybody has a chance to read it in case they just happen to be clicking through and seeing it. And then they can also go back and listen again when they've heard the new notes. So, you know, it's quite good fun and interesting. Um, in terms of the fourth Doctor, uh, 
Uh, one of the problems we have is we've never really... Um, the writer's note situation that has always been a bit trickier because they've written so far out um, in advance that often when we get around to it, people can't remember quite what went into it and things. So we've concentrated on the main range for now. If we have time and if we have an opportunity, we will go back and try and add some new features in. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking of doing might be nice is to add more sort of trivia because one of the final things we do um, at Big Finish, obviously, we've got all these emails that come in. Uh, with various different ideas that didn't quite make it or like n nice fun little facts um, So we may try and add that in if there aren't writers notes. I know a good one coming up is our January 4th Doctor release the Beasts of Kravenos had about 20 working titles So we'll be <laughs> true, publishing yeah. all of those and going through them and you can enjoy them when the sets released because I'm quite spoilery Which is why we had to change it uh, But yeah, we'll definitely try and find some more things to put in that behind the scenes section and you can look out for more updates soon. That was good. Oh, I'm glad you think so. Yeah. So thank you, Joe, for reading out the emails and giving us some of your um, insight for your answers. Just on the point of the behind the scenes thing, I think the solution has to be that we... Um, get the writers at the time of the recording to write it that's what we should do not bother them two years later when they go which one was that that's what we're going to do joe the subscriber free cd that you can select that's a really good point and we will as i mentioned before we will look into that i'll i'll raise it at our next big finish big meeting well that's the end of the emails Coming up in a moment, a behind-the-scenes interview with Tom Saunders, who does all our video content, does the most fantastic animation work. Uh, just before that, I want to mention that there's a little mini-teaser interview with Blair Mowat, who's done a lot of work on the uh, new series of Doctor Who on television, uh, on the music, orchestrating and, and what have you. Uh, he's also does the he also does the music for our Torchwood series. He's done the the new version of the Torchwood theme for us and does incidental music, and he has done uh, a new version of the Doctor Who theme uh, for the Bernice Summerfield Doctor Who Unbound box set coming out. That interview and a sneak preview of that theme is coming up after this interview with Tom Saunders. It's worth mentioning that this interview was actually done over Skype, so there's quite a bit of weird editing and sound cutting in and out, but I, you know, I think it's intelligible at the very least. Hello, Tom Saunders. Hello, Nick Briggs. <laughs> That's the end of the interview, right? Now, so, t Tom, I will have explained in the introduction to this podcast what you do for Big Finish, but uh, would you like to describe your job to us? My job? I have a job. Uh, no, yes. Uh, I handle all the video side of things, which is incredibly useful for an audio production company. I think it is. <laughs> You've done some beautiful videos. Where can people see them? All on the Big Finish YouTube channel is the primary place to go, but they're also on the Big Finish website. Um, yeah, and some of them are even now on the BBC website. I know. They look rather good, don't they? It's exciting for myself and Big Finish, actually. When did you start doing this? Because it was, you know, it was quite a while ago now. Yeah, it's coming up to two years. I think it'll be two years in September when I first started bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, um, I discovered the other day, because I'd forgotten, uh, we have this phrase in, that I use just generally when I ask, whose fault is this person? And I don't mean it in a nasty way. I mean it in a nice way. But you're, you're the fault of... Do you know who you're the fault of? In Big Finish. I'm the fault of... Is it? Is it Paul? Yeah, Paul Sprague. Yeah. I owe him a debt of gratitude that I could never possibly repay him. Yeah, he really uh, pushed you forward and said, this guy's really good. Have a look at these videos. Yeah, it was great that he did that because obviously I know uh, just working in general, you can send your work out to so many people and it just gets bounced off a invisible brick wall. But Paul went the extra mile because he was that kind of guy and he showed it to everyone. What was the first one you ever did for us? The very first one I ever did was for Dark Eyes 2. And um, I had great fun doing that because now 
now that I'm officially working with Big Finish, I get the PSD files that are done by the, the wonderful designers, such as uh, Tom Webster, and that means I have access to all the different layers. But on this one, I basically took the still flat images. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone. Well, uh, you'll also have to explain what PSDs are for people. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, the PSDs are the art folders that the designers will make, and these include different layers. So, for example, if in a cover art we have an image of Alex McQueen and Paul McGann, the Master and the Eighth Doctor, I don't need to explain that, I don't know why I am. Uh, well, it can't hurt. <laughs> but they're usually on separate layers, so with the PSD I can separate those layers, and I put... I put them into 3D space, these layers, and then put a camera within that 3D space. And then you basically orient the characters. And this means that they follow where the camera is pointing so they don't appear as purely flat objects. They, you can actually pass through them as you would have 3D set. So it's not a real camera you're putting in there. It's in a computer program you're putting, as it were. So I build the, the virtual set. So I have to recreate all of the... Um, effects that Tom Webster might make such as like you know the vortex noise because obviously his vortex noise that he's made on the cover art is a still image of that noise so then I have to make one from scratch that is animated so you know it's looking at that noise and going how has he made that noise <laughs> <laughs> and then recreating it and as best as I could imagine how that would work but it's really easy with Tom's stuff especially because every time I look at Tom Webster's work it just it bursts to life in front of me anyway even as a still image so and tom does a lot of our covers doesn't he yeah tom does a lot and there's also mark do you ever have a chat to them or do you just kind of get on with it as quickly as possible or do you you, do you talk it through with them to sort of work out what what the heck they've done <laughs> it's usually i have to, to dive into it me and tom do chat tom webster um, and I, w whenever I see his artwork, I usually send him a message and say, oh my God, Tom, it's amazing, again. Uh, and then after I've animated, he's extremely kind and says, oh, I don't know how on earth you did that. <laughs> so we have a little back and forth, which is... It's sort of a mutual appreciation society. That's what we like to hear. By the way, uh, a further test of your knowledge, what does PSD stand for? Oh, I don't actually know. <laughs> No one does! No, no one, one does. does! Everyone bandies the term around. Photoshop design element, I, I believe, is. It's Photoshop design. So it's as simple as that. PSD, Photoshop design. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, so you do know, or you just realised you know. I just thought about it and it makes perfect sense. I'm going to have to Google that afterwards. <laughs> before it's I have like, Adobe knocking on my dog. I mean, what on earth are you talking about? It's like the, all these terms. You know the term about post... Uh, syncing of uh, dialogue yeah you know people call uh, adr no one can agree or oh, like your cyberman mug you're sipping from there it's very nice um <laughs> no one can agree what adr stands for what does it stand for well it can be uh, additional dialogue recording that's what i always thought it was but uh auto automatic dialogue replacement or additional dialogue replacement or you know it's um and I've heard another one I can't remember now, but... And everyone is adamant that it's the one that they think it is. <laughs> We're all stubborn, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> now, by the way, do you have... Uh, I mean, this is a bit of a crazy question, and there's probably not one answer, but a favourite of all the ones you've done. Is that animated or filmed? Because I've filmed some as well. Yeah, well, maybe an animated one and a filmed one you could choose. Oh. Or, or seven of each. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I suppose the Dark Eyes 2 one has a special place because I did that. You just cut it all, you cut out the flat images. And I wasn't working for Big Finish. This, you know, I did that too because I was desperate to work for Big Finish. And I was like, please. And so I just ran that down your throat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately, you liked it. <laughs> and uh, subsequently, I ended up doing more. Uh, Video wise, uh, it, you know, those have always been great fun. It's been amazing meeting all the people uh, and interviewing people and you know these people that I'd looked up to for a, a long time and were childhood heroes like um, I remember when you asked me to come in and do that interview with Tom Baker that was that was great fun I was really nervous about that but 
like afterwards I was like why on earth was I nervous he was just so funny I was biting my fist the entire time I was interviewing him because he was just making me laugh all the time <laughs> that was a lovely interview you did really nice it was great yeah and he really took to because we did the the little thing at the end I don't know if everyone has seen the video but we did um, sort of a little sketch of something he'd done way back when he started where he was in a theatre and it was like a little trailer preview thing for the terror of the zygons and he's in the theater and this hand just pops up and hands him a note and i was just thought god this is you know this is tom baker's doctor to a t a hand just comes up in the cinema and no nope, we don't think nothing of it you know that's just the fourth doctor and his world <laughs> he has hands <laughs> handing him notes from all sides yeah I, 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 that, I didn't realize that's where that had come from i thought it was a lovely touch because i remember that you know, it was in a um, BBC Disney special. Yeah. They did that. Yeah, I showed him on an iPad and he'd completely forgotten about it. And he was like, did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you doubt your own presence there on the video. But, <laughs> you know, Tom's still so full of energy. I mean, yeah. I've only met him a few times, but he's just, he is the life and soul of a room when he's in it. And he just he just takes over and dominates the room in the in the best possible way. And... Yeah, I just remember being sat there just in awe <laughs> of being with the fourth Doctor because, you know, he is Tom Baker, but he is also the fourth Doctor. And I think he'd agree with that as well. I, I absolutely agree. That's how I feel, though. I, n I never get over my... Yeah, I wanted to ask him because obviously you've worked with him very closely for a long time now. So. Yes, yeah, five years now, I've just realised. God. Yes, I don't, I don't ever get over that because, of course, you remember, you know, from when I was about... 12 or 13 when he became the doctor so yeah, you never quite get over that i don't think no that's, i think it's a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i was nervous as well because i didn't want to to meet tom and then think oh no he's he's horrible in person <laughs> but he really wasn't he was the loveliest guy you could ever meet so yeah i mean i think that that yes the potential of disappointment when you meet your your heroes is is possibly one of the most crushing things isn't it but luckily it doesn't happen with tom listen I, I, i'll get to the other two questions that i ask everyone if you've heard the podcasts tom you know what's coming i have heard the podcast actually i don't think we heard enough of this in one of them <laughs> that's brilliant did you go out and buy exactly the same owl that my son had? no i heard it and i was like oh my god that's that hearing my wife has i'm gonna buy it just to annoy nick because i don't think he's heard it enough <laughs> oh dear how brilliant i'm still working out whether t whether um, ben is going to feature in this podcast or not but we'll see how he feels tonight after school um what is agitating or or whatever the other word is i can't remember what the other words i've been using what was it i don't know what's agitating your molecules with regards to big finish at the moment that you particularly well like? i just um when this podcast goes out um i've just done the torchwood um trailer for moving target and i listened oh, yeah. obviously I, I listened to that story and that was actually the first torchwood story i've listened to from big finish and i really enjoyed that actually i thought it was really good um it was you know the the whole time lock idea and it, it was it took a very dark turn and i think that's a good thing about torchwood is it can sort of take us down a different road because we always know in doctor who that the doctor is going to win fundamentally fundamentally yeah. Yeah. and there are certain things he would never do uh, or there are certain lines that he'd never cross uh, and in Torchwood those rules don't apply so the heroes can do something very unexpected and in this story I'm not going to spoil it for everyone but it does take that turn and you're like oh right um, and I yeah I really like that so I'd listen to Torchwood and obviously I've been listening to quite a few recent ones like the two masters and that was fantastic you know that's john dorney again being john dorney oh no we're not we're not allowed to call him john dorney it's just dorney isn't it dorney, yeah. <laughs> it's so unfair so unfair but yeah yes we have to follow that protocol i'm afraid <laughs> as laid down by yourself and david <laughs> no it was someone in an email in the last one yeah someone just gave us all first name name checks and then just said dorney for john dorney they'd obviously caught it off us yes I, I, yeah i can't i can't dodge that <laughs> so what is agitating your molecules generally in entertainment of any kind you know well um not really been watching much to be honest there's new 
Uh, I just started rewatching the Quantum Leap, actually. <laughs> wow! What from the beginning? Yeah, I've seen it all in the past, but I've just started watching it all again because uh, it's a great series. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic one for Big Finish to do. <laughs> Wouldn't it just? I mean, um, I'm a great admirer of Scott Bakula. Actually, I think he's a great actor, and I think he's a very underrated um, captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, as I well. love Enterprise as well. That's yeah. great. Um, yes. I never got to the end of Quantum Leap. I should have done. Not least because Carolyn Seymour's in it, I believe. I, I honestly can't remember what happens at the end, whether they actually end it, I don't know, or if he just carries on leaping forever. <laughs> mm. Who knows? Okay, well, uh, that that's a brilliant one. And, and people can pick up Quantum Leap, presumably, DVD box sets, and it's probably available on iTunes and stuff. 20 quid for all 10 or 8 series of it. Yeah. You've inspired me, actually. I mean, trouble is, it's it's a big commitment of time, isn't it? Oh yeah. If you've got no, you've got all the free time in the world, then just get that, yeah, because it will fill a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have just taken up a bit of my time uh, watching, just to make my own little random recommendation, watching a BBC thing called The Living and the Dead, which is a supernatural thing that is available on the iPlayer as a sort of six-part box set, but it's also broadcasting. The I would recommend. It's quite slow, but it's very scary. Well, I've been watching one thing with my wife, just to add something else into the podcast. One thing I've been watching with my wife is a series that's called Once Upon a Time. She introduced me to that. It's quite an interesting one. <laughs> What's... tell us about it. Well, it's, uh, it takes all the fairy tale characters, like Disney fairy tale characters, pretty much. And uh, Robert Carlyle's in it. And he plays the character of Rumpelstiltskin, who's also known as the Dark One. And he's like the evil sort of wizard type character. Um, he's, his power is controlled from a dagger. So whoever holds the dagger can control him. Mm. Uh, but he's a, he's a complex character. In it, and he's, he's a brilliant actor as well. He, yeah. he's, he's very versatile because his character, within the series, you see them in two different lights. One is when the fairy tale world is dominant. And one is where they're trapped in our reality, where they have to live a sort of you know everyday lives and have jobs and stuff like that so you see robert carlyle playing this insane rumpelstiltskin who's like controls magic and he's very eccentric and then you see a darker more reclusive version of him as the character mm. he is in our world yeah it's, it's it's interesting sounds good uh you of course are trapped in our reality so thank you very much for that tom um, and uh, you, you better get on with your work, as I had better get on with mine. Yep, lots to do, lots to do. Thanks ever so much for talking over Skype, and hopefully our files would edit together seamlessly, so it almost sounds like we're in the same room. My audio will probably be terrible, but sorry, folks. <laughs> All right, take care, mate. Cheers, Nick. Bye, everybody. Thanks for your time, Tom. I know that you're always very busy animating and stuff and doing gifs and um yes that's a, that's a modern internet sort of word uh, and and all those brilliant videos you do for us before we go on to our randomly selected release from the big finish archive and don't forget also that uh, the beginning of our serialization of the great war starring paul mcgann is coming up at the end of the podcast we go over now to Blair Mowat, who's talking to Bernie Summerfield producer James Goss about a new version of the Doctor Who theme. Here it comes now. It's rather good. What are we here to talk about? Uh, my name is Blair Mowat. And I have composed music for, for various things in the world of, of Big Finish and sort of Doctor Who staff. Um, I did the uh, Doctor Who fan show theme. I did the music for Nightshades, the, uh, the one-off uh, Doctor Who story. And I did the music for Torchwood as well for the first two seasons of Torchwood for Big Finish. And you've worked with Murray Gold as well. Yes, I've worked with Murray as a musical arranger on... Uh, series 8 of Doctor Who and Life Story and another show uh, called Crossbones that um, we didn't actually end up uh, doing in the end. But we're, we're here tonight to talk about the very strange version of the Doctor Who theme that you've done for the... I make, that makes it sound like you don't like it. 
<laughs> You're, we're here today to talk about the uniquely awful version of the Doctor Who theme that you've okay. done. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on. I'm not yeah. going to edit this out. I know. Okay. Cool. Um, but you know, we're we're here to talk about the unusual version of the theme mm-hmm. that you've done for this, well, the, the new parallel universe. Yep, version, the yeah, the Doctor Who Bernie Summerfield theme, uh, which is uh, the Unbound Universe. The, the Unbound Universe. I like theme. that. I like that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what inspired this version of the theme, especially in case people listen to this and go, "What is that?" I wanted to do, I've always wanted to do a La Structure Sonores version of the theme. I, when Verity Lambert first uh, commissioned this piece of music from Ron Grainer, she wanted to go and get this group in France to basically uh, create it, who used lots of weird metal and glass instruments. Um, for various reasons that didn't end up happening. And so it fell to Delia Derbyshire to, to make it happen. And, uh, and thank goodness, because it, it was amazing. However, I think some of the glassiness that Lambert was looking for ended up making its way into Delia's version of that theme, because those, those tones, those oscillators that create that melody do have quite a sort of glassy texture to them. And I don't think that's uh, a mistake, because she was a clever woman. Deal, yeah. And so this is basically a, because the Unbound Universe is a what if mm, series of Doctor yes. Who matches, this is a what if um, that French group had uh, not looked at their diary and gone, sorry, we're busy that weekend. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of um, what it started out as. And I was like, ooh, someone could actually pay me to make that version of the theme. That would be interesting. And then the more that I veered down that path, the more that I realized um, for various reasons, um, I mean, just so many, but I mean, budget and time do sort of slightly come into them. Um, And also just musically, it's really difficult to create a good version of that theme just... um, using the techniques and the instruments that they would have had. Um, I do think it's still possible and it's still something that as, as a, for a pure sort of version of it, um, I would like to investigate more in the future. But we actually ended up going down because of the parallel universe stuff, a more sort of almost like sort of alternative version of somebody very similar to Delia and what they might have done maybe in sort of like the early 70s, knowing full well that Lambert wanted that group to do it originally and so there is there is more of a glassy texture to it a big thank you to Blair and James thanks Sam the full version of that interview features on the box set of The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield Volume 3 The Unbound Universe which is out in August Here's the trailer for it, by the way. Am I addressing Professor Summerfield? Oh, it's a lazy season with you lot these days. Which one are you? Oh, you're fun. Which one am I? The wrong one. Professor Summerfield, I need you. Take my hand, quickly. Hey! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernie Summerfield. Professor Bernie Summerfield, archaeologist. The Doctor, intergalactic adventurer, saviour of planets, king of the universe, etc, etc. I have a card if you'd like one. Doctor, look around you. This universe is dying. Okay, so how long have we got? Until the stars grow cold, the planets crumble, and every last atom is torn apart. Around about tea time. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. All are welcome to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Bottoms up. Yeah, whatever. You glow, Bernice. You shine. A woman who faces death with a glass in her hand and a smile on her lips. It was wonderful. 
a polite word to the pursuing fighters. You can shoot at me as much as you like, but I'm faster, determined, and in a contrary mood. So, I'm not going to let you stop me now. Typical doctor, never admitting you're wrong, even at the end of the universe. Big Finish. We love stories. Time now for a random release selected from the Big Finish archive. Uh, Really, just to remind you of it... Uh, or to tell you about it for the first time. If you haven't heard it before, that much would be obvious. And it really is random. I'm now going to activate the randomoid selectatron, which is really me just whizzing randomly around the website. Let's see what comes out. (laughs) That didn't work. And it is Minuet in Hell. Here's the trailer. The legends of Gallifrey speak of a world where everything is horror, horror and pain. A world from where there is no escape, from the creatures who crawl on the crust of the land, of the lost and the hopeless and the broken and the doomed. Strange chap, that one. If it's all right, I may pop back again tomorrow to check up on him. Fellow interests me. No problem, Mr. Lethbridge Stewart. Uh, tomorrow, any time. The legends of Gallifrey speak of a world in the name of the world they speak of. Is hell. Hell is where I have come to last. And there can be no escape. And so I cannot escape my own hell. You're a bit of a sad case, aren't you? This was in the first series we did with Paul McGowan, which we recorded down in Bristol, because that's where he lived at the time. And we were told that he was very happy to do audio adventures for us. Uh, if he had to come to London, he'd do one. Um, but if he... Um, if we came to Bristol to record, he'd do a load more. So we thought, well, we'll go to Bristol then. <laughs> Seemed fair enough, didn't it? Um, this one was written by Alan W. Lear, who uh, had written for the old uh, uh, Doctor Who plays for fun uh, called Audio Visuals, in which I'd played the Doctor. Uh, Alan is sadly no longer with us, but he had written a story called Minuet in Hell for Audio Visuals, and it featured... Um, Uh, a person who had had the mind of the doctor or the doctor's memory sort of forced into him. Uh, I'd been playing the doctor in the original one and someone else, I can't remember their name, was playing this other person, Gideon Spoonbill, I think his name was. And um, so for this new version, uh, where the setting was altered from um, the past in England to 21st century America, the character of Gideon Spoonbill was changed from as changed to a character called Gideon Crane. And I suggested that since I played the Doctor in the original, it would be fun <laughs> for me to play the person who thought he was the Doctor in this version, which somehow I managed to convince Jason Hay-Ellery and Gary Russell of. I'm not quite sure they were willingly convinced. I seem to remember a meeting in an Italian restaurant where I uh, did uh, uh, really force the suggestion upon them and they sort of went, all right. So anyway, there it is. Uh, The problem with Minuet in Hell was that it had to be rewritten a lot at the last minute. And I remember just in the days before leaving for Bristol, Uh, Gary was finishing the rewrites and I was going round to his house which was just five minutes walk from my flat and just uh, grabbing these rewrites and going through them and um, it was all pretty hairy and as a result it was very very overwritten 
uh, which meant that we ran out of time in the studio in Bristol to record it. But we focused on all Paul McGann's scenes, got those done. But there were many, many other scenes uh, which featured other characters, not least of which was, of course, the Brigadier, uh, played by the lovely and very much late and lamented Nicholas Courtney, uh, who uh, had many great times with, uh, including this. Uh, so we did do a remount in London where uh, Nick Courtney came along and did a load of his scenes that didn't feature the Doctor. But it was almost impossible to finish that session because the script had been so overwritten. I think we did get it all recorded, but it was in a very strange studio that I think had only been used before once to record um, the Holy Terror. And I don't think it had been used to record any other place since, but we were sort of, we needed a studio at short notice. And this one, and I seem to remember the studio itself, the actual recording area was like a really narrow corridor and it was a really hot day and there was no air conditioning. So it was all quite hellish. And I was literally deciding on scenes and things to cut as we were doing the recording because it was so the play was so long and we clearly weren't going to get it done and then uh, during the post-production post which I did the sound design on um, and yes I did play all the people in the mental asylum that was just me <laughs> screaming and shouting um, I realised that it was going to be far too long for the two CDs it was scheduled to be released on. So I had to make cuts as I went along. And there were certain scenes that were easily cuttable and lines and um, no complete version of it exists uh, because a lot of the stuff I cut, I didn't even take to the sound design stage. I just... Uh, yeah, I didn't edit them. But anyway, it's still an immensely long release. I think episode one is 45 minutes and it was meant to be 25 or 30 minutes. So, yeah, uh, but it is a, a lovely release full of fantastic performances. Quite a few controversial American accents. We got a lot of criticism for the American accents, even though uh, most of them were done by Americans. And funnily enough, the American accents not done by Americans were the ones that weren't criticised. But, you know, I, I can never figure that out. But anyway, a great release. You've already heard the trailer. So, onwards. Right, before I tell you about what's coming up in the next podcast next week, uh, just time to tell you our latest releases. Doctor Who, A Life of Crime. The Seventh Doctor and Ace are back in an all-new trilogy. Once again, crossing paths with Melanie Bush. Mel is a changed woman since the Doctor left her on Iceworld. But she's not the only one who's different, as a terrifying encounter with the gangster Lefty Lonahan has left the Doctor not quite feeling himself. You call yourself the Doctor? Yes. And that blue box, you called it a ship. It's not just any ship. The TARDIS. Ah! <laughs> of course! <laughs> I'm being so flaming slow. The old rascal. He can't make it along himself. So, he arranges some specialist assistance. You did come here to help me. Now I think I'm being slow, Mr. Lonigan. The Doctor! The TARDIS! Tell me you remember Ravelox. Uh, Ice World? V Vander Prime? Tell me you remember me old mucker, Sabalom Glitz. Written by Matt Fitton, the two-disc adventure will be available from Tuesday and features some of the most terrifying monsters Big Finish has introduced. You have been warned. Doctor Who, The Pursuit of History. Mm, I've certainly heard of this one. Due for release on Wednesday, this new fourth Doctor story is the first part of our Series 5 finale for the fourth Doctor and has been written by me. <laughs> A celebration of five years of Tom Baker, A Big Finish. This epic story sees the return of the villainous Cuthbert, played with relish by David Warner, alongside Toby Haydock's Mr. Doric. Yes, he's a nasty piece of work. Um, not Toby Haydock, Mr. Doric, I mean. <laughs> uh, what will their latest money-making scheme mean for history? Mm. The story also introduces the Isidian Cerebrus bird, a time-space parrot with a desperate message for the Doctor. This new ally joins Tom Baker 40 years after he first joked about having a parrot in the TARDIS. 
checking it, canine. Affirmative, please, please. Perhaps you'd better engage stealth mode. Affirmative. This way, please, please. This is the furthest I've ever been in the TARDIS. I can sense the movement of temporal energies here. It may not be safe. How far now? What is it? Why have you stopped? Sensors indicate it is behind this door. Are you sure? I have cross-referenced all accumulated sensor readings. The correlation of data indicates we have located the avian life form. Hmm. The avian life form the doctor refuses to discuss. Shall we go in? Right, there you have it. Uh, the latest releases. I should just mention, as you've probably noticed, that my son Ben has not been in this podcast. He he did go to school today, but he's feeling very under the weather and he's very miserable and would rather have not gone to school. But there you go. <laughs> That's the kind of parents we are. Um Coming up in the next podcast, I'm going to stick my neck out. That's the sound of me sticking my neck out because I'm going to be working with Lou Jameson, Louise Jameson on uh, Monday and Tuesday with Tom Baker. And I'm going to call her for a podcast interview. So, you know, if she doesn't turn up in the next podcast, then she's obviously said, no, I'm not talking to you, Nick Briggs. I've been sick of hearing you all day in my headphones telling me what to do. And I'm certainly not going to do an interview with you. Let's hope that doesn't happen, eh? Okay, time for me to say goodbye. And just a reminder that following this is the first part of a serialisation of The Great War, which is part one of the Eighth Doctor adventure, Dark Eyes. Anyway, bye from me for now. understand now why I am willing to sanction this. I do, Lord President, I do. I will trouble you no more. Do you know what would make this sit easier with me, Straxus? Um, uh, I'm not quite sure I understand you, Lord President. If I didn't have the nagging feeling that you reveled in all this, this wretched tampering with the laws of time... Well, I merely seek to do my duty, sir. Hmm. Do you? Do you indeed? Of course. And you're quite certain it has to be <clears throat> the doctor? Quite certain, sir. Then you'd better get out of my sight. What's happened? No, 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 no. He's dead. Dead? Are you dead, old girl? Have I killed you? I don't understand. Oh, have I arrived? Have I arrived? Is this it?
Hello, Doctor. Ah. New face, same supercilious expression. Well, at least you're still in one piece. I take it that I am. What are you doing here, Straxus? Saving you from yourself, Doctor. It was you, wasn't it? You who stopped the TARDIS. <laughs> you flatter me. It was the power of the Time Lords. Uh, you do remember them. Us, don't you? The uh, Time Lords, hmm? The people with all those tiresome rules which prevent everything from falling apart. Get out of here. Sorry? Get out of my TARDIS! Get out! Ah, but it isn't yours, is it, my dear fellow? My poor dear fellow. Doctor, doctor, please. You're going to hurt yourself. Doctor, there are no clever overrides. No ways round what has been done. No matter how much you've tinkered with and modified the TARDIS, we hold the patents, as it were, at its core. The TARDIS is Time Lord through and through, and if we really want to make it stop, we can do just that. Was it Susan? Hmm? Did she betray me? Betray you? Oh, she loves you, Doctor. You must know that. Oh, so much for love, Strax. Is what did love ever do for Susan? Or Lucy had left them grieving or dead. Because the universe in its infinite wisdom gives way to creatures like the Daleks. Well, do you blame the universe? Then who? What? Who's to blame? So, you set course for the end of everything. Did you really think we wouldn't notice a TARDIS tearing through the vortex? Heading to a time and place beyond all that we forbid. You forbid us from seeing the ultimate end of the universe? Why? That knowledge is forbidden. Why did you want to go there? Perspective. I'm told it's a wonderful view. <laughs> no, I mean it. I really hoped it would be a wonderful view. To look back from the end of everything. To see how things finally turned out. Straxus, I was looking for hope. Ah, uh, <laughs> that. Are you telling me I wouldn't have found any? Well, I honestly don't know, Doctor. Well... Where are you going, Doctor? What are you doing? Stop that! What are you trying to do? Give me all go the jump start! With a pickaxe? You must have stopped me when I was pretty close. If I smash the time core of the TARDIS, I imagine that'll release a big enough burst of energy just to push the TARDIS the last hundred yards! No! You mustn't! Why? Is the view from the end of everything so terrible? Perhaps. Perhaps there is no view. No end. No way of telling. Have you considered that? Perhaps it's just another beginning. And perhaps you will find that new universe equally devoid of hope. Are you telling me the truth? It is the truth of what I fear. And you may well destroy us both, trying to find out the truth. Right now, to find some hope, I think I would do almost anything. Almost? So you will hold back, won't you? What do you mean? What are you getting at? If I were to offer you something... Hmm... If I could find a way of giving you hope, here, in this instant of time, if I could give you some hope. What hope? You tell me. How much would it take? Nothing conclusive. 
He's arrived, as predicted. Release the gas. Gas, boys, gas. 